You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Fill me with your heart, God. I like that right there. Amen. Um, If you remember back, uh, I believe it was the uh, first Sunday of the new year in 2023, I uh, said something along this lines that uh, I want to spend the rest of the season in ministry that God has for me growing people. Um, I have found just in the last few weeks uh, growing people, um, God honors that and grows the church. Uh, isn't that amazing? It took me all these years to figure that out. Um, life, uh, life is, is uh, what you make it. Life is good if we're being filled with his heart. Um, tonight, if you was to uh, pass away tomorrow, what regrets would you maybe have in your life um, about the way you operate daily? So we're going into revival. Um, This thought just came to my mind too during worship. Um, Second Chronicles 7, 14 said, if my people, which are called by my name, will pray and seek my face, humble themselves, repent of their sins, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear their cry from heaven and I will heal their land. And what just came to me when I was standing there because I've spent a lot of time preparing for the revival messages, and I'm not saying I'm not going to preach. But in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, he didn't say nothing about preaching. Do you ever think of that? Think of that. He said, "Pray, turn, seek my face. You know, humble yourselves." So tonight, uh, I was going to say this a little later, and I may. Have you ever not been invited to a party and you heard about the party was going on and it hurt your feelings? Ain't that terrible, Andy? You sound like like you've missed a lot of parties. And so, Josh, let me tell you what's worse than not being invited to a party is being invited and not going. Chew on that for a while. We've been invited into the presence of God And there's only one way you can go, and that's to have your heart filled with his heart. Don't miss what God is doing because of being stubborn, lazy, whatever it may be, don't miss it. So the title of the message tonight is Still in the Slop. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you still in the slop? James chapter four, verse 14, and we wasn't standing that long, so if you're able, stand with me. I wanna read this scripture and then I'm gonna kinda go in a different direction. Still in the slop. You remember I said this morning, the little foxes? It's not always the big things. James chapter four, verse 14. Before I go there, would, would, we sang that song a few minutes ago, it said, chains falling. What has you chained that would keep you from your heart being filled 
with his heart. Let's let those chains drop. Tonight, not the last night of the revival, because you'll miss the party. I don't know, this is just coming. Don't wait till that last night to say, Lord, this chain in my life has affected me. And it's affected not only me, it's kept doors closed in your life because of these chains that I'm gonna talk about tonight. It's kept people away from you that could be a blessing to you. Wow. James chapter four, verse 14. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Pastor Aaron, take that microphone over to Lynn, please. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Do you hear that? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Lynn, bless the reading. Just pray however God leads you to pray. Heavenly Father, we realize, God, how fragile life actually is, God. But God, we know that you're in control no matter what we see and do and hear and the way we act in this life, Father. Father, we always know, Father, that you're there to catch us when we fall. Father, as Pastor just read, life is but a vapor, mm -hmm. and it disappears very quickly. Father, as we live our life, we're actually in the proving ground. Father, we're here not just to do what we want to do, Father, but you said before you left, Jesus, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And Father, while we're here, Father, we pray that as servants of yours, God, we would do just that. Father, we're living in a world now, Father, that is in need of you more than it's ever been in need of you. God, we're sorry. God, please forgive us. Mm -hmm. God, we have sinned. Mm -hmm. We have sinned as a nation. And Father, I pray tonight that the evil that is over this nation, over our nation's capital, over the White House or wherever it may be, that that chain be dropped. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray for the power of Jesus to come upon this country, Father, and upon mm -hmm. the world and every leader mm -hmm. in this world, Father, and that they mm -hmm. realize, Father, that you are God. Mm -hmm. You are the great I am. You are mm -hmm. the creator. And Father, the power that you have, and Father, you restrain it no matter what we do, Father, because you are a Father of grace and mercy. And God, I thank you for that. I thank you for that in my life. God, I ask you to be with our pastor tonight as he delivers this word, Father, mm -hmm. because I know that he has studied it, Father. Mm -hmm. Have the Holy Spirit tutor him as he speaks. Mm -hmm. That the words that flow from his, this, his mouth, Father, may not be his, but yours. And we pray it through your son, Jesus' blessed name. And amen. You may be seated. Uh, life is short no matter how long you live. And uh, 
this was just dropped into my mind. I think it was uh, Rusty told me this yesterday that there was a man on TV, I believe this week, and he turned 102 years old and he had a shirt on that said, it took me 102 years to get this good looking. And how long is it gonna be in your life before you actually become good? And the good that I'm speaking about is only the things of God. You know, life is very short, it's uncertain. Nobody knows what tomorrow will bring. Nobody, don't be deceived into thinking that you got plenty of time to live for the Lord. I, I didn't say to be saved, I said to live for the Lord. That you would be the walking Lord that somebody would see. That you would be the talking Lord that somebody would hear. Don't be deceived in thinking you got a lot of time to get things in your life squared up to be the reflection of Christ because the enemy is a liar and he whispers that into our lives and, and tells us we have plenty of time. You don't have plenty of time. Don't be deceived into thinking that you got plenty of time, plenty of time to enjoy your loved one that maybe you're not speaking to now. We ask God to revive us and then we carry baggage around and we carry jealousy and, and several things that I'm gonna talk about tonight. Let's get, it, let's get them chains off of us tonight so we don't miss the party. Can somebody say amen? Don't just think, be deceived and think you got plenty of time to do what you know you should do. What is sin? It's to know to do something and not do it. That's the definition of, of sin. And sin is still sin. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you tonight and whatever's going on in your life, don't be deceived to think that you got plenty of time to get it right. If God says deal with it, deal with it tonight. Amen? Somebody say amen. So live a full life for God today because you don't know what tomorrow will bring, an accident. I was reading this afternoon where about 20 people on bicycles was riding and a truck crashed through them and took two lives and several others are just barely hanging on, on a bicycle ride. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. Some disease come upon you. You don't know tomorrow about the broken relationship that could happen. Oh, it won't happen to me. You don't know who that's close to you may die tomorrow, you don't know. Listen to me, don't be deceived. So let's look at some things to get rid of. Ephesians chapter four, verse 31 and verse 32. Man, what a good looking crowd here tonight. I appreciate you all coming back this evening. It says, get rid of all bitterness. Bitterness. Life will leave you bitter. We're instructed, get rid of all bitterness. One of my commentaries said, like taking off a sweatshirt. Get rid of it. We sit back and we want God to take it away. I'll tell you how God will take it away, through studying his word, saying, God, this is a problem that I have, and talking to him about it, and asking God to take that chain off, because if you don't, you'll carry that chain the rest of your life. And as I said earlier, bitterness will keep you from many open doors in your life. Get rid of all bitterness, rage. 
and anger. Everybody look straight ahead. Don't look at nobody. Now let's be honest. Anybody got any anger issues in the house? Huh? I like that, Scotty. Yes, I like that. That wasn't even half mask, all right? Anybody got any anger in the house? Huh? I've come a long way. What'd somebody say? Rodney said his wife does. That's my sister, and I said amen. It's okay to laugh and lighten it up a little bit, but I'm being as serious as I can be. Anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice, slander, talks about murmuring, backbiting. We'll go home and complain. Oh, God help me. About anything and everything in the church. And then wonder why our kids aren't receptive for the gospel. Yeah, my, my. Now, I know that don't happen here. <laughs> Listen to me. The believer is to strip off the garment of unkindness. I ask you, how kind are you? Honestly. Bitterness is resentment. It's harshness. And I honestly believe sometimes we're more harsh to the people that we love the most because they'll tolerate your junk or somebody else will run you over. <laughs> Bitterness is to be cold. Let's be honest, when you don't get your way, are you cold? How many in your house like to give your spouse the silent treatment? Huh? Coach, what are you laughing about? You was thinking about Jerry, his brother Jerry. Good answer, right? Listen, I'm talking about some serious stuff tonight, and, but I'm going to have a little fun with it also, okay? Honestly, op open up your hearts tonight. And say, could this be affecting my life? If I didn't love you, I wouldn't preach it. Because I know what he's done in my life. And I'm still not arrived yet. In verse 32, the word kind means to be gentle. How gentle are you? How caring are you? How helpful are you? Can you help somebody when it's gonna affect your life? Can you go out of your way to help somebody and you know it's going to cost you? And I'm not even talking monetary. But to be able to help somebody that, that needs it, maybe the one that you really don't like, means to be courteous and giving. It's the opposite of harsh. The opposite of being sharp and resentful. Romans 12 and 10 be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. My goodness, God, help us all. Uh, when I grew up and we'd get ready to go to revival, every, everything was about alcohol and drugs and um, adultery and fornication. 
But there's a whole lot more to this gospel than that. Am I right, Randy? A whole lot, whole lot more. Those who, who are unwilling to forgive have not become one with Christ. How's your forgiveness? How is your forgiveness? It's amazing. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. He's going to bless you like you bless others. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. He's going to forgive you like you forgive others. That's his word, right? Amen. Who was willing to forgive? Who's our example? And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they didn't know. You and I know. We don't have no excuse. You hear me? Let's go to Luke's gospel chapter 15. I hope you got your Bible with you. I got a lot of verses to read here in Luke chapter 15. You know, the title was still on the slot. Let's go to verse 11. The parable of the lost son. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided them unto them his living. Shows a very jealous, very jealous, self-centered. I don't care, Dad, what you've worked for all your life. Give me what's mine. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's a low life. That's what we think, right? And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, and took his journey into a far country. There wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would fain have him filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. Where was his crowd at that he was partying with? Same place my crowd ended up. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. He said, I will arise and go to my father." said when he came to himself, I'm praying tonight that somebody will come to themselves that will understand that there is an issue in your life that God wants to deal with and arise and go to the Father and say, God, take care of this. Do you hear me? And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Isn't that just like our father, our heavenly father? And had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto the father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. He didn't throw it up in his face. 
He didn't condemn him. Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to be merry. Now let's go on to verse 25. Because I think we've probably all, most of us have us, pig's pen past in the eyes of what most religious people would think. But there was another brother. There was another slop, pig's pen. Now his elder son was in the field and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, thy brother is come and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. And he was angry. And would not go in. Invited to a party, but wouldn't go. Now you see where I'm coming from. Therefore came his father out. Oh my. If that'd been me, will my kids show? Don't want to come in? We'll hit the pike. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's probably would have been my. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee? Neither transgressed I, now look there, I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never givest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which have devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead, and he is alive again, and was lost and is found. On the outside, somebody say outside. He was everything that a father could want in a son. Do you hear me? On the outside, he was everything. He stayed at home. He got up early in the morning. He did his chores. He worked. He did what he was told. He looked real good on the outside. But on the inside, he was sour and he was hollow. And we can come to God's house and look real good, but on the inside be sour and be hollow. Overcome by jealousy was the brother. Do you hear me? Jealousy. Can I tell you what jealousy will do to you? It will destroy you. Can I tell you what jealousy will do in a family? It'll divide a family. Can I tell you what jealousy will do in a church? It'll destroy a church. He was overcome by jealousy, consumed by anger, 
What will anger do in a marriage? It will get you in divorce court. That's exactly what it'll do. What will anger do in a family? It'll divide and destroy. It'll hurt a family. It will affect children for 20, 30, 40 years down the road. And then it'll become a generational curse. You can cuss your wife, you can slam the door, and your children probably will do the same thing. It's a generational curse. It is a chain that needs to be broken. We need to say, God, here we are. We've got jealousy issues. We've got anger issues. And let God deal with it and take the chains off of our life. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. <laughs> blinded. This young man that stayed at home was blinded by bitterness. Bitterness. Some carry these traits. I've dealt with jealousy in my life. I've dealt with anger in my life. Still anger comes at times. But the Bible said, be angry and sin not. You don't have to agree with everybody. You can get angry, but be careful how we respond. Jealousy. As far as jealous in, in our marriage, I've never been jealous because, I mean, I'm a hunk of burning love. Why would she leave me? <laughs> you getting choked over there, Mary? <laughs> I'm telling you, there's jealousy in the house, in relationships, whatever. There's anger issues that we need to deal with. Blinded by bitterness, Verse 28, and he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. I believe the father's come out of the house. The father stepped out here tonight and said, hey, if you're jealous, let's get it right. If you're angry, let's get it right. If you're bitter, let's get it right. I had a young man come to me this morning. He said, out in the foyer, he said, Pastor, today's my first day here. And he said, something just took place in there that blessed me. He said, the video that you made about the kids and not being able to be fed and, and, and being hungry, he said, I'm that kid. And uh, now, wait a second, don't get, pass out on me, Andy. <laughs> not that particular kid. He said, I grew up in Grafton. And he said, if it wasn't for the church down the street that fed me, he's 28 years old today. I got I to gotta explain myself. You'll think it's his birthday today. He's 28 <laughs> years old now. And he said, I'm that kid. He could have been bitter, Mike. Consumed by anger, blinded by bitterness, overcome by jealousy. Each one of these fuel the other. I just said something that you ought to grab a hold of. Each one of these fuel the other. If you got a jealous problem, it'll fuel anger. If you got an anger, it'll fuel bitterness. The party's inside the house. 
The elder son represents the self-righteous religionist that nothing's meant for me, that I'm squeaky clean, that every message is for somebody else. Can I tell you who the message, every message that is for that comes out of my mouth, it's for me. And I hope you pick it up. He was in the field of religion, but not in the house of salvation. I read that, I had to write that down. He was in the field of religion, but not in the house of salvation. God didn't only save us from hell. God came to save us from anger, from jealousy, bitterness. All that that I've spoke about tonight, and there's a party inside the house. So what did the older brother do? He sat outside the house, and what did he do? He pouted. We got any powders in the house? You don't get your way, you pout. You give your spouse the cold treatment or your children. You know what I'd rather have? I'd rather have a, I, I just started to say it, I might as well say it. I'd rather have a butt kicking than somebody not talking to me. I would. Just go ahead and smack me right in the teeth and tell me I don't like what you just did than to give me the silence treatment. It appears both sons spent time in the pig pen. I said it appears that both sons spent time in the pig's pen. But isn't it easy to cast judgment on the one that took his dad's money and went and had a party? That's what we always preach about and talk about. The younger one has come home. But the other brother now is in the pig pen of self-pity. How many's ever been there? Self-pity. Rest of you is lying. The brother was bitter because he focused on what he didn't have. Mm, uh, That's not an old trick. Eve in the garden had everything she could ever ask for. She didn't look at any of that. She focused on the one thing she couldn't have and look where it got her. I thought back preparing this message for the people that's left here down through the years that was focused on maybe one thing that they couldn't have or didn't have. I've had people get upset and leave down through the years because I preached too much on salvation. Can you imagine that? I thought to myself, you gotta go, you gotta go. I'm not talking about the bathroom either, all right? (laughs) You know what's amazing this morning? I didn't even preach on salvation. And six people got saved. Because it ain't about what comes out of my mouth, it's what's coming out of heaven. The younger one has come home and the oldest one, he's still in the slop. How about you? Are you still in the slop? The brother was bitter because he focused on what he didn't have. And this caused him to miss the party. Focused on what he didn't have caused him to miss the party. What's going to cause you to miss the party? If you don't have what God wants you to have. And God wants you to have his heart. And in his heart, he doesn't want you to be jealous. My wife never once 
asked to be in the limelight here in 20. We'll be married May 2nd, 25 years. Never once asked, served, cleaned, organized. Pastor Kerry said to me one day, he said, I think Lord would have Leanne to lead the ladies group. And you see what's happened to it. She was never jealous of anybody. What I'm trying to say is, let God take things out of our heart and watch God bring us into the party. This caused this young man to miss the party. Don't miss the revival. And here's a thought I had, and I jotted it down. How many parties have you already missed? Because of the anger in our hearts and the jealousy in our hearts and the bitterness. God invites us to sit at the feast. That's what the party was, a feast. <laughs> he said, butcher, bring the best for my son. It's what God wants for all of us is the best. Stand with me because you're looking sleepy. I ain't screaming and running up and down the aisles. God invites us to sit at the feast and life. I'm just going to speak for myself. Life is great and it's getting better because he's stripping away things from me in my life. If I could go back, Rosie, to when I was 20 and know what I know today, I'd save myself a lot of grief and my mom and dad a lot of shame <laughs> and pain. Yeah, Rosie just said, wouldn't we all? Listen to Hebrews 12 and verse 15. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. I just, in my mind, I was like, see to it that no one misses the party. And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And when I read that, I thought, not just me with that bitter root, but it's going to affect many people. What's the bitter root in your life? How do you respond? You know, No bitter root. The writer's speaking about what kind of root? Any, any root. Any root can cause a person to become bitter. Disappointment. How many's ever been disappointed? Hmm? Yeah. Don't let that bitter root take over. How many's ever felt like you was neglected? Huh? Neglected. How many felt like you've been overlooked? Huh? You've been overlooked. Somebody just raised two hands. How many feel like you've been mistreated? By a spouse. You better be real careful right there. <laughs> been mistreated by a parent. Anybody? Those are hard things to get over, man. And I see you weeping right now. It's okay. That's right. Would you come forward right now? I, I, we're not here to embarrass nobody. I want my wife to pray for you here at the altar. Come and pray for some of the other ladies gather around. This is exactly what I asked the Lord to do here tonight.
How many's been mistreated by a supervisor? Now you got a bitter root. God, he desires us to live in love. That's what his desire is. To live in joy, peace, and holiness. So therefore, we gotta be on guard for the little foxes. Like a small root that grows into a great tree, bitterness springs up in our hearts when we feel like we've been overlooked, we've been neglected, we've been treated badly. How many's ever been hurt by a minister or a church? Be honest. I hope it ain't this church. I hope it's not this preacher. Don't, don't carry that. First Peter chapter two, verse 21 and 23 through 23. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. I remember when I started Jewel City Church, and I'm not comparing myself to Christ, but I was mocked, made fun of, preacher boy, all the kind of names, and I never retaliated. And I loved people. When it, you didn't want to, the old man wanted to rip their throat out. Well, you just loved them. And now a lot of them are here. Because love always overcomes everything. Be careful who you lash out at. Be careful what bitter roots you allow to spring up inside of you. Be careful who you become angry with or who you refuse to forgive. Romans 12 and 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. The elder brother looked so good, he played by the rules. Squeaky clean. On the outside, again, was everything a father would want. But our father ain't looking on the outside. Our father's looking on the inside. What's on the inside of you, is it what the father wants for your life? Blinded by bitterness. Reading between the lines, he was a powder, powder, thumb sucker. It's cute when a two-year-old pouts. It's not cute when you're 40. Amen? Let me read a couple things and then we're gonna open the altar up. It's open now, it's always open. God has given special things to those of us who determine to embrace a new attitude. When I got saved, it just wasn't to rescue me from the fire. God had intent, intentions of giving me a new attitude. And just be quite honest, corporately as the church, when I speak of the church, I mean across America, across the globe, a lot have bad attitudes. You ask waitresses in a restaurant who they don't wanna serve, it's the church crowd on Sunday. I've had several of them tell me that. 
God has given promises to those of us that determine to have a new attitude. God, take captive my thoughts. God, take the chain of bitterness off of me. Take the chain of anger. Take the chain of unforgiveness. God, create in me a new heart. Purge, cleanse. He gives us promises. He said in Psalm 16 and two, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord and every good thing I have comes from you every good thing. Why don't you just begin to think about the good things in your life and the goodness of God and quit complaining about everything that may go wrong. Because when we look at it, coach, God has been not good, he's been great. We got it made here in America. Are you kidding me? We got it made. He said in Philippians chapter four, verse four, be full, somebody say full, of joy in the Lord always. I will say again, be full of joy. Strange that a man in prison is writing this to us. Locked up in jail, here we are free tonight, but locked up many in anger and unforgiveness and neglect and all these things. And the writer says he's in, he's in jail. He's telling us to be joyful. I come in here this afternoon about 3.30. David Hudson was here by himself working on stuff for VBS and that screen was lit up and it was rocking in here. There's joy in the house of the Lord. The, the one that we sing, you know, on Sunday mornings. Man, I just like, I like to see us all catch that, you know? Say, God, there's some chains in my life that's gotta go. Here's the last promise. Romans 13 and 13, Paul says, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies. Oh, listen to this. Not in orgies and drunkenness. Not in sexual immorality and debauchery. Now listen. And then he says, not in dissension and jealousy. Paul is dissension, Lynn, and jealousy with the gross and obvious sins of orgies and drunkenness and sexual immorality. He lists the same place. I think God's concerned about it. Psalter's open. Come tonight. Would you come and ask God to help you and lay it at the Lord's feet and watch God open up doors in your life that no man can open for you. Come and talk to God. Can you do that? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 